Entrepreneur on Fire 680. Failures, aha moments, I've made it moments, and the lightning round, seven days a week. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. From Adobe Audition to Microsoft Excel and even SEO, lynda.com has video courses that cover it all. Get access to the entire library free for seven days by visiting lynda.com slash fire today. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash fire. You know those really busy days when smart snacking isn't easy? With the convenience of NatureBox, it's always easy. Visit naturebox.com slash fire to receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. Hold on to those afterburners, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Luke Liu. Luke, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared. Yes. Luke is the CEO of Learnerator, an ed tech company Luke started while a senior in college at Northwestern University. Learnerator provides exam prep materials written by teachers and has a team of 68 teachers and 30 subjects published. Luke, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, then give us an overview of your business. Okay, so I was a Northwestern um, 2012 graduate. Um, I was an econ major there and then started Learnerator my senior year. Uh, and the entire senior year was a total failure as far as Learnerator. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, but after graduation, I had to get a real job. So I was a management consultant, which is what every business sort of major or econ major at Northwestern ends up doing. Um, so that was just Monday through Thursday, flying around, doing corporate projects. Um, learned a lot, but um, ended up hating it. So after a year and three months, went to another startup in Chicago. Was there for four and a half months before I quit to do LearnRater full-time. And that was back in January of 2014. And then LearnRater is basically academic practice materials for a variety of subjects. And so it's basically totally focused on practice multiple choice questions and other interactive um, sort of assessment content. So we basically have no interest in regurgitating existing content. Like we'll never do a 15-minute Khan Academy type lecture because if you want to find knowledge about how to do a derivative or how does a law of physics work, you don't need us to tell you that. There's a million free resources and textbooks and stuff. Um, We're totally focused on interactive content. Um, and we feel like that's a much better way to perfect your knowledge of something. So we're, we're not the first place that you learn about it, but we're the place you go to to perfect and sort of master your understanding through these interactive practice materials. That's kind of the best way to summarize it. And we started with AP exams. So we now have um, 30 exams published between AP, SAT, um, GRE, GMAT, TOEFL. So we're getting into all, all of basically exam prep is our embed. Uh, our ambition um, for phase one. And then eventually this platform and our approach to content development is something that we want to take and go into college and common core and elementary middle school content. Um, So really exam prep is, is just the beginning for us. So Luke, I'm really excited about this interview specifically because we're going to be focusing on your journey as an entrepreneur. Now it's going to be a pretty condensed version because you 
don't have that incredibly long of a journey, but it's been one where you've already experienced failure. You've already experienced aha moments. You've had some highs. You've had some lows. And we're going to do a little deep dive into all of that and much, much more. But before we do, Luke, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote to really get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. This is one that I kind of live by daily, which is by a Stoic philosopher named Seneca. Um, so Stoic philosophy, I, I found very helpful in, in my job as an entrepreneur and as a CEO. But it basically goes like, begin at once to live and count each separate day as a separate life. And the way that I apply this is I have a, on my iPhone, I have, you know, in the notes application, I have a, a list of things that I try to do every single day. And it's sort of very little things like um, get up at the first alarm so don't hit snooze. Right. Text your friends something every day because it's very easy to be kind of lost in work and not keep up with social relationships. Um, exercise. Do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, it's, I mean, it's really silly stuff. I have a lot on here. Um, like eat healthy. Um, tweet something. So it's all these little things that I try to do every single day to, to sort of um, not lose sight of uh, kind of the important stuff and, and even not so important stuff. But I think it's just important to to sort of treat each day as if it's its, its own sort of starting over. Um, and I've just found that helpful to like maintain sanity and maintain sort of a routine, which is pretty important, I think. Luke, what's so powerful about that is that you realize this, I realize this, and hopefully a lot of Fire Nation is realizing this, that what's easy to do is also easy not to do. So if you don't do those small things like have that list out there, it, and it's really easy to do it when it's right there in front of you, text a friend. But guess what? It's also easy not to do it. And I've really been enjoying Stoicism and Seneca has been a, I'm a huge fan of what he has to say. Quick question on a little bit of a side note. Have you got the opportunity to yet read The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday? No, I've heard a lot about it though. You love it. He's actually, I brought him on Entrepreneur on Fire about this book specifically because he is way into stoicism and most of the book is focused on stoicism and on the great stoics of the past so right up your alley luke and for anybody that's listening and wants to learn a little more about stoicism the obstacle is the way by ryan holiday amazing amazing book so luke let's step back now and kind of focus on you let's take the spotlight of this conversation turn it to your entrepreneurial journey and Luke, we tell stories here, and we tell stories in the first person because that's what we really connect with here at Fire Nation, our listeners here. So tell us a story, Luke, of a time that you failed and be really specific and take us down to the ground level with you and share with us the, the lessons you learned. My first failure is pretty clear with LearnerRator. So I started the company in its first iteration my senior year of, of Northwestern, and um, I basically spent um, the fall and into the winter getting it ready for the first launch. Launched it in, I think, Jan late January of 2012. Um, so I was class of 2012, and all the APs are the second, uh, the first and second weeks in May, so it's very seasonal. Um, we had three subjects, and it basically totally flopped. Um, I'm pretty sure that if it wasn't for kind of giving it away for free and having people like beta test it, no one would have used it. Because we 
the approach that we were taking was totally wrong. And actually, it wasn't even we. It was just me at that point because um, I was the only one that thought that this was worthwhile to get into. Um, and so the first iteration sort of failed for a lot of reasons because, uh, you know, kind of getting into the specifics, like the way LearnerRator is structured now is it's very open, right? So most of our content is totally um, like uh, you don't need an account. You don't need to register. You don't need to pay. You can just start using it. And then we have a freemium model where um, certain levels of content and features are restricted unless you upgrade. And that makes it a lot more engaging. It's very easy to kind of understand what it is and just get started. And the way the site is structured now is you get to your aha moment very, very quickly and you get engaged with it. Before we had that first year, my senior year, it was we had no focus. It was just kind of vomiting features and, and content without really understanding what it is that we were trying to accomplish. And we, you know, I mean, I almost cringed thinking about what the site used to look like because it was just, you know, <laughs> like... It was just all buzzwords and sort of like instead of making it open and letting people use it, we had like a landing page for AP Euro that would talk about how great AP Euro was and have all the cliche stuff like screenshots and testimonials and like um, bulleted like feature lists of everything that was in there. But when you got in there, what it was all sort of like a big jumble of here's some videos, here's some quizzes, here's a full length exam. But none of it was really a cohesive product. And that was probably the hardest experience that I've gone through because it was sort of, um, you know, it basically used up most of my savings to, to build the first version and it didn't go anywhere, right? So I thought I felt like a total failure because I was in college, I was in a fraternity and all my friends were kind of watching me do this. Like I would not go out with them and work on this Friday and Saturday night and ended up just every time someone asked me how it was going after that first AP season, I wanted to just like run away or just like punch them just because I was like, stop asking <laughs> me, right? It's just, I don't want to talk about it. Um, but the summer after I graduated in 2012 was when we started to totally rebuild the site. And at that point, I, I did have a, um, a partner. Um, so we rebuilt it to what it is now. And I uh, this is maybe getting a little ahead of the failure and kind of transitioning into how we rebuilt it. But um, like I sat down for four months with three textbooks and rewrote all of AP Euro into what it is now. And then at the same time, we were rebuilding the site into what it is now. Um, but that was sort of, then we relaunched it in March of 2013. But I would say failure-wise, it was just the first entire year of LearnerRator was a total failure. <laughs> yeah, and let's put a pin on that where you're heading right now because we will get there. Yeah. But right. what I do want to talk about right now, Luke, is you know you were talking about how you had no focus and that you were just vomiting features. And I just love that phrase because, I mean, it's so visual. I mean, just <laughs> literally just puking up feature after feature after feature. But the reality is, and this is just my opinion, Luke, you can agree, disagree, whatever, but that's not a bad thing when you're first starting something because how else are you going to know what works? How else are you going to learn? You need to get that MVP out there. You need to start throwing stuff against the wall to see what actually does stick. I mean, you can't just sit there as an entrepreneur and think you know or you have the answers. There's only one way to know and that's the test. So yeah, maybe you are vomiting features. Yeah, maybe you don't have a direct laser focus right now, but as long as you're working towards having that in the future, collecting all this data and between is not a horrible thing. What's your take on that? I don't know if I agree with that because 
just looking back on it, even at that point in time, there was quite a bit of sort of literature published on um, like good product design and good just focus on, on your first MVP. I would say we violated a lot of rules um, just because I had done two companies before that. One was a shipping and storage company where we would like move people's stuff um, at school and deliver it back to them when they returned. Um, that did well, did another thing, but I never built a web product before. And so that was my first go at it. And I didn't, I was really dumb about how I approach it in terms of I, I should have read more books about it. I should have studied other products more honestly. It was, it was sort of like I had a vision of what I thought people wanted. Like I thought people wanted a full-length practice exam where at the end you got all your data. Turns out they don't want that. They want immediate feedback and gratification. But this was all in my mind, and I just thought there's no way someone wouldn't want this because that's what I would have wanted when I was studying in high school. So Luke, you said that you were violating all the rules. Since when do entrepreneurs follow rules? I mean, you know, like the lean startup, right? So there were probably much cheaper ways to get the feedback that I um, ultimately got than to do what I did. Because what, what we did was we built a website. We had all these graphics made. We had all this stuff made. Um, it was basically building all this, putting like betting all your chips before you got any data about it. And really what we could have done was built a much more lightweight version and just got it out, right, and got some feedback. But we basically, like, did three courses internally and put a lot of money behind all the content and features that we ultimately scrapped all of it. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, we had a feature that measured how long it took for the users to answer the different questions. Um, and then we did, like, a HHI index of how folk, how much, how efficiently they were allocating their time. So if you spent a lot of time on one question, that would increase your index score and that would be bad. And the idea is that you should spread your time around to more questions. But like that was getting really advanced, right? A lot of stuff going on just to make that work, but it turned out to be totally irrelevant. So that's sort of what I mean is just like we built too much before we got it out, right? It kind of reminds me of this analogy in corporate America where I hear a lot of people say, wow, you know, I'm looking back and this whole time I was climbing the corporate ladder and then I finally get to the top and I look over the wall that this ladder was leaned against and I figure out I was climbing the wrong ladder. It sounds like that was a little bit like what you were doing, Luke. You were climbing the wrong ladder and, you know, the the data was out there. You could have gone to other people. You know, I'm not a, a huge fan of following rules or just taking other people's explanations. I mean, you want to learn from them. You want to adjust. You want to adapt. You want to pivot. But most of all, it is that Eric Reese method that we talk about. We actually had Eric Reese on Entrepreneur on Fire talking so eloquently about that very point is that as an entrepreneur, you need to extend your runway as long as possible. And Luke, by spending money on the graphics and the HII and all this different stuff, like you were probably not extending your runway. You were probably shortening it, which was creating a risk. Really valid points, Luke. I like where your head's at. It's obvious that, you know, you've, you've gotten knocked down. You've gone back up. You know, Still I Rise by Maya Angelou is a great poem that comes to mind right now. But what I want you to do now is tell another story. And this story, we're going to take the pin out of where we were. Take us to a time, Luke, when you had this light bulb moment that you just said, yes, this actually resonates with what we're doing here with me as an entrepreneur. What is that moment in time, Luke? And then what steps did you take to turn it into a success? 
it was the summer following. And I would say like the biggest issue that we had in the first iteration was just um, me not being honest with myself and being afraid to like be objective about what we were doing. Right. So like when we were building that first iteration that failed, I think the fundamental mistake was um, kind of just not, not, being objective and really looking at it. Cause if we did, we would have just seen the mistakes we were making, but I was almost kind of insecure about, well, if I actually study this, I'll probably find stuff that I'm doing wrong, but I don't want to do that. I was afraid to do that. But after you fail so badly, you sort of have no other choice. Um, so I think the aha moment was just when we realized that, um, you know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And what we built was too bloated, too complex. And we stripped everything away that was not core to what people actually wanted to do, which was just go to a website, find a subject and get practice and get feedback. So we just basically we the aha moment was like, let's get rid of as much as we can without losing that. And that's how the new version of Learn Reader was born was that summer when we just were like, you know, this isn't working. How do we take a dramatically different approach? So Luke, on that note, you know, again, this journey hasn't been decades long, but you've had a lot of wins. You've had a lot of successes. Take us to the moment that you would consider your proudest entrepreneurial moment and tell us that story. The proudest moment was the spring of 2013 when we made our first sale. So this is the crazy thing. You may not believe this, but until... Um, until April of 2013, and remember, I started in the fall of 2011, um, like way back. That was the first sale we'd ever made. Like we, I, we had not made a single dollar at LearnRater before that. That was when we relaunched in March of 2013 with AP Euro and this new version of the site. And then in April, the first person upgraded and validated that okay, this approach is better <laughs> because someone <laughs> out there actually paid money for this. It was, it was such a small moment, but also such a significant moment. And that's how we got the encouragement to go hire 26 teachers to do 17 more subjects. And now we have 70 teachers doing 48 subjects. But like that moment was when we first knew that like all this sacrifice and hard work had kind of paid off. So, Luke, let's bring things to today. I mean, you just mentioned, you know, even since I was sent your 50-word bio, you've added more teachers on just in the last couple months. I mean, you definitely have things that are going on right now at Learnerator. What is the one thing you're most fired up about right now? I'd say I'm most fired up about expanding beyond APs. So, We've got a lot of that under development, but it's not quite done. Um, so product-wise, we have a lot in the pipeline. And I would say the single product that I'm most excited about is actually not in exam prep. It's our literature products. Um, because like Spark Notes and Cliff Notes, their practice questions are, are on the level of, you know, where did the great, where did Gatsby go to school? And who said this? Just very, very shallow questions. And we're developing college level, um, like textual support type questions um, that are much more um, academically rigorous and challenging and aligned to common core. So I don't want to bore you with all the curriculum aspect of it, of it but um, it'll be very, very um, original and unique in terms of no, no one else has this type of content. Um, and it's also our first foray outside of exam prep. So in exam prep, it's great. I think we're going to be very successful and profitable there. Um, but end of the day, it's almost like a zero-sum game because only X number of people take X, like Y exam per year. And so we could take market share from other people, and that's great. We have a better product. Um, but really what I'm most excited about is building stuff that 
like in places that have never had these type of products, right? So literature is one, college content is another. That's like kind of down the line. But I would say that's what I'm most excited for. And, and building out our team is, is something that we're doing right now. So we're close to hiring a content director um, to take over my day-to-day working with our teachers. So I'm also excited about that. So it means that my life will be a lot more manageable. <laughs> well, Luke, if there's any knowledge that I can drop upon you after 680 interviews with successful entrepreneurs, hire slow, fire right. Fast, my friends. <laughs> so, Luke, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Every Monday, I do eight interviews, which makes for a pretty busy day. These are the days when it's most convenient to grab snacks that are quick and easy. But I'm also big into nutrition. And we all know that snacking can sometimes be anything but nutritious. That's why I love NatureBox. NatureBox is a subscription service that offers automated delivery of delicious and nutritious snacks on a monthly basis straight to your front door. They even throw in the shipping for free. Some of my personal NatureBox favorites are the bite-sized cranberry almond bites and the whole wheat figgy bar. I've been searching for a smart snacking option with strict quality standards for a long time. And Fire Nation, I finally found it thanks to NatureBox. Since subscribing, I haven't had to worry about smarter snacking. It's a given. NatureBox has a special offer just for you, Fire Nation. Visit naturebox.com slash fire and receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. Have you ever watched a video course from start to finish on YouTube and at the end you're left wondering what you should do next? It's great that there's free content available out there, but it's not always the best. And it's frustrating when you spend your most precious resource, time, on something that isn't helpful. That's why I love lynda.com. You can rely on their content to be very helpful. Not only does lynda.com have a library of over 2,400 video courses, but each and every one of them is produced at the highest quality. lynda.com breaks down their courses into bite-sized pieces. So whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or expert, you can jump in and start learning an entire software program or system at the exact spot that you want. Interested in checking it out for yourself, Fire Nation? I've worked out a deal with lynda.com to give you a special offer. Access the entire library for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com slash fire today. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash fire. Luke, welcome to the lightning rounds where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sure. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I don't think it was really anything except um, mentally just sort of in terms I've always been an entrepreneur. Like I started my first business in Northwestern as a freshman. Right. Um, But I think the biggest thing holding me back from being um, sort of what I'm doing now, which is starting a company that's scaled, that has employees, that has funding, that's growing really quickly, was just mindset. Right. So in the beginning, like the first company, the shipping and storage thing, we we did a quarter million in revenue, but um, it, it never could scale beyond one school. And so I think having the mindset of I'm going to build something big and anything else is not worth my time was was sort of took me a while to understand. Right. Because LearnRator was I mean, quite frankly, back in the day, it was just thinking like, well, one day this will just be a residual income stream and that'll be nice. <laughs> like it took me a while to realize that, okay, no, this is actually going to be a big company and we got to go raise money. We got to build a team and we can actually do something really big and significant. So I think getting to that point and just like go big or go home was for me the biggest sort of mental hurdle. 
Luke, what's the best advice you've ever received? The people you hire and the people you bring to the idea are the most important sort of challenge in any startup. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to think when I was younger that it was all about the idea and like me being smart, but it took me a while to realize that there's probably other people working on the same idea. And so if you can't bring the right people together, you shouldn't do it, right? Um, I got that advice recently as we're going through the hiring process, but I've had bumps and bruises along the way with co-founders and stuff like that. Um, but I think that's the most practical advice I've gotten. Cool. Luke, yeah. share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. I try to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning and get a No workout. snooze. No snooze and get a <laughs> workout in and start at, at like 8. I think like if of anything, that habit has been the best because it really just starts your day off better and forces you to not stay up as late um, and just helps me be a lot more productive. Luke, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? The best tool is that I use is probably called Text Expander, where it's just like you type in a very short snippet that gets expanded into paragraphs. Um, I don't think I could live without this because <laughs> it's when, when we're doing what we're doing in terms of recruiting teachers and responding to school requests and stuff, it's always the same stuff, like slightly differently every time. And so rather than typing it all out, I just type like, you know, semicolon, like inbound request. And then it's this huge thing that gets populated. So I think I can't live without that for sure. Neither can I. You only have to write entrepreneur on fire a couple of times before you're just like, how can I shortcut this? So for me, yeah. it's just E, 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 boom, entrepreneur on fire pops up. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything we've been chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com slash Luke Lu, L-I-U. Luke, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? I would say um, this has evolved over time, but the one that I would say now is um, The Alchemist by Pablo Coelho. Have you ever heard of it? Love that book. I just finished it and it's awesome. It's like the most satisfying but disappointing ending at the exact same time because you want him to like find like that <laughs> just awesome you know, treasure that he's finding and then you get it, you're like, oh, I get it. Ah, <laughs> But I think the reason why that book is so great is that a lot of people ask me now, like, how did you get started and how do you go start a company? Or they always say things like, you know, one day I'm going to go do this and, you know, I'd love to do that. And But a lot of them don't take action. And I think this book is all about just doing it, right? Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. Dot com. And Luke, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I'd probably just travel and I would just kind of bum around and explore and then once I learned everything about the world, then I would probably start a company, <laughs> um, depending on what I observed was sort of like missing, right? Awesome. Well, Luke, you have been inspiring, showing Fire Nation that you're never too young, you're never too old, you're never too poor or rich or busy to just get going. So give Fire Nation, Luke, one parting piece of guidance. Share the best way we can connect with you 
and then we'll say goodbye. I think the best piece of advice that I give people is just if you're doing a company, um, it's all about grit and not giving up, right? Like at, at a certain point, it's just going to seem totally hopeless. But if you sort of keep going and refuse to die, eventually things work out. Um, I think that's definitely just my story. So I would just um, say that to people is a lot of times I thought I was going to quit um, and I didn't feel like it was worth it anymore. But just kind of getting through those hard times, however you want to do it, like support from your friends, books, whatever it is. But typically when it's hardest is when you need to keep going. And once you get out of it, then things are kind of much better, right? So that would be my advice. And then as far as getting in touch with me, um, my email is luke at com. So anyone can feel free to email me there. Perseverance is always the word, Luke, that I think most defines a successful entrepreneur because they have at some point and usually multiple, multiple points in their journey had to persevere even when they didn't want to. And Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with Luke and myself today, so keep up the heat. And Luke, Fire Nation is well aware they can find the links to everything that we've been talking about at eofire.com. Just type Luke in the search bar, and his show notes page will pop right up. And Luke, thank you for being so generous with your time, your experience, your expertise. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Fire Nation, looking to grow your podcast audience? Join me for our free live podcast workshop every week where I share the top five growth strategies. Visit podcastersparadise.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 